What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. My name is Corey Roush. With me, as always, is DJ Keener. Dave, how are you? I'm alive, Corey. I'm definitely alive. Hey, I, I can relate, and I'm sorry for your yeah, loss. Yeah, man. It's, it's the worst, right? But, hey, we, <laughs> we push on, and uh, it's all good. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, we're coming a little bit later this week, and obviously that doesn't typically affect when we drop the podcast, but this time it affects it by, like, six hours or something like that. But, uh... We actually got to go to, we were both at Locals this week, so not even like Pokemon Locals, but at the actual store itself and played physical cards with each other, so that's cool. cool. Because usually I I ask you what you played this weekend, this time I kind of know, to some extent, what you played this week. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it was good, it was nice to play some Pokemon with the homie again, so. It's uh... your favorite deck, you love Charizard. God, it's just so bad. <laughs> and I just keep playing it, trying to like convince myself, like, oh, there's something I'm missing. Like this this deck is better than I think it is, you know? It's not. It I think it's worse than I think it is, actually. Mm, I think it's probably better than you think it is because you think it's like actually unplayable at times. And it's not unplayable. Yeah. Well, we did have this conversation like a week ago where you kind of said it's like alone in tier three though, also, right? Like Yeah, I think so. Like it's the worst playable deck. Yeah, because like if your whole point is you're supposed to just be able to blow things up, why would you just not play the Gene Power Maridon? And yeah, yeah. Well, and it doesn't really blow things up. It, it's just like on the early game, yeah. It's powerful once the engine is rolling. You know, when you're chaining bosses or you know instantly setting up another Charizard when they clear your first one, and yeah, like that's that's good. But you know. It's just not that impressive. It's a lot of yeah. work for not a ton of payoff when a lot of other decks can do like not the exact same thing, but a lot of what you're doing without putting this much effort into setup. Yeah, and I guess like I guess my issue with it is you're not doing anything necessarily unique. Like mm-hmm. even though even if you are like not doing what the, the blow up decks are doing, what you're doing is not exactly special. And right. while you hit like a train in the end game for, for once you're once you're fully set up for very little setup, it's very awkward and like yes whenever you have the perfect setup of a Pidgeot and two Charizards fully loaded you're feeling good because you're able to do yeah. anything does that happen that happens like it feels like like once every four games and that's not enough well and what you're feeling good about normally too though is just like yeah I feel really good that I can search boss with my Pidgeot every turn like okay yeah yeah no you know? I don't know I mean and then you look at like a, a deck like Chanpao that doesn't need to gust around as much it just can just plow your active right so yeah you know, not that searching boss every turn isn't good. It's always good. It's always good when a deck can just consistently chain bosses together. But, like, the fact that we're going through this setup to achieve that because the deck in the early game can't just kill your active, like... Well, I was going to say, right, it's not even just... It's not cool that it can. It's un, it's also uncool that it has to. Because that's your only line against any, like, two-prize deck because you don't trade very effectively into their attackers, usually. Like, yeah. I, don't, I mean, you trade effectively enough. You just don't really get ahead and you have you know a two prize bench sitter the whole game that most decks have some way to kill yeah so i was on the lucky end i got to play lost box i played something similar to one of the lists we're actually going to touch on briefly when we go over the leal results um and the last box is cool and then i forced you to play some one piece and i guess my question at the end of the day for the one piece is why'd you hate queen wasn't red well that's fair okay i got why did i even ask I, like the answer is actually that simple uh no it's just that doesn't the deck didn't really 
do anything. Like no, you played a bunch of removal and like not that you didn't have choices and agency, but like you really just hoped that Red couldn't kill you. Yeah. I think it's and good enough. Every game you won, I was yeah. I was a haste card short of killing you basically. Yeah, I think the benefit that we're not really acknowledging, and not that not to completely derail, but uh is that Zoro is not it's less of a meta share, so it's like it, it you're worried about like the, the other red decks and like um Nuke Red Whitebeard has a lot of times is only playing like six rush units as opposed to like the eight or so you you, you seemed like you wanted to get up to in Zoro, so like Oh, bro, little... I, I want to get more in there somehow still. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So like the rest you of them are bad, bit... but we'll figure it out. Uh, there's there's like three different really good ones you can play four copies of. Well, why aren't we playing all twelve then? Because one costs seven. Oh well. No, I agree. That that's how I feel. I but anyway, this is not a one piece podcast as much as I will eventually try to make it as such. I don't think I mentioned this last week when we celebrated our one year anniversary, but uh I do think what was cool is that our podcast and I only know this because Spotify for podcasters emailed me when our birth, our podcast birthday was uh, we share a birthday with the original airing of the one piece anime and with Sarah <laughs> which, you know, if there's three things that have popped up a lot in my life, one, di- one of those things was very relevant to this podcast. The other one was very relevant to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. So yeah, if there's, if there's a lot of things that I've wrapped my life in, it's uh, talking to Dave, watching one piece and going to Sarah B. Pretty dope. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Pretty dope. Um, yeah, so... no, it's pretty cool that we've done this for a, a whole year also. I know we missed a couple weeks, I guess, based on uh, the fact that that was episode 50, I think. But Yeah, um... so this is 51, so we missed one week, and then I guess you're always going to be off by... Oh, I guess, yeah, you're always... Off by one in a year, yeah. but because uh, you'll, yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's cool. I didn't, it somehow flew and also felt like we've been doing this for a very long time, so... Yeah, um... I honestly felt like it, it, the first time I thought about it, I was like, come oh, I've been doing this for a while. I went to check the episode number. It was somewhere in the 40s. It wasn't that long ago now. It's like, really? That's, that's it? I, I actually felt like we've been doing it for longer. Yeah, it's still a lot. And like, but like, yeah, it's 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 weird that uh, it's only been a year. Well, it doesn't help that, you know, this the re- the main reason why we do this podcast clearly is not for, you know, ad revenue because we don't have ads or, mm-hmm. you know, listeners. But uh, it's mostly because we just kind of bullshit like this anyway. So why not like record it and like. It, like yeah it was so, more useful for us also to like be forced to legit talk about it instead of derailing into me making fun of Corey. so yeah we're much more focused like i don't think we would we, we would be focused to an extent on the online results and things like that but not to the same extent that we would be now whenever i'm like i feel like i have to know what i'm talking about as opposed yeah, to just like yeah. a cursory knowledge so um yeah uh but yeah so this week we're going to be talking about the leal regionals and then previewing toronto briefly um because we're getting into the end of that like four regionals in four weeks, like this block of just content download. Um, and then next week, not to like get too far ahead, but like, this will be the end of it, right? Because like next week we'll touch briefly on the results of Toronto, but uh, Paradox Rift is online next then week. Then we get to talk-, talk about cool cards instead. I'm so excited, man. We, we talked that like being at Locals was exciting because it was the first time I'd been there in two months, but it was also exciting because like the amount that we just like randomly, like not even intentionally, just like people coming up to us or us just talking about things or things popping up on Twitter with the new cards or like people had already opened stuff because they'd been to a pre-release. So we get to see some of the new cards. Um, ideas abound. And uh, like, it, it's like for someone like you more so than me, even who loves the brew, this is a brewing set. And it's just, there's so much, there's so much to enjoy. This is, I, I, I while if my wallet has enjoyed more the last couple sets where I'm like, I make a want list and it's like 11 cards total 
Um, and this one is going to be significantly fatter than that. Um, I know. You, you mentioned this the other day when we were talking, but this is the, the first set in a long time that had me feeling like I, I almost want to get sealed product. Yeah. Just because it, you can really, uh, between like just a couple people, if you try to get like a bunch of decks worth, man, can you really crush a local's uh, train or supply? So. Yeah, I, and I didn't and, even uh, mention this, but I realized it afterwards. I actually think, it, if nothing else, it's worth getting one of each of the fat packs. The 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 sure. because I don't I don't know if you know this. Um, do you know they come with a promo now, like an altar <laughs> promo? Yeah, so they started this, I believe, in if it wasn't in Padea Evolved, it was in Obsidian Flames. Um, but now, like in, in Obsidian Flames, it was the alternate art of the Char the Charmander. Um, in this one, that explains why I've never seen one of those. Okay. Correct. Yeah, in this one, uh, there are two. One has uh, the Iron Bundle Illustrator art, which is oh, okay. a relevant card. Yeah, that's and a good card. The other one has the Screamtail Illustrator art. So Okay, so yeah, minimum one of each of those. Uh, it's There's just so many cards in that set that I'm like excited for. I uh, I can't wait next week to do our like set review because yeah. I, I think we could probably ramble about this set for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that like there's a chance that because because like we always ramble a little bit longer on the set preview list, and that's like somewhere it's like we really only wanted to talk about like four cards. I mean, it, just going over the list of things that we had on a buy list at locals the other day, like yeah, there's there's a ton. But uh, yeah, that's next yeah. week. This week we are talking, like I said, we're talking about Leo Regionals. So there's 855 players, um, and this will come as a surprise to no one that pays attention to the European scene. It was won by Fusion Mew. Um, there's obviously more to the event than that, but it's it's just I, I can't I'm, I can't believe that it is actually just like that 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 on the nose every single time. I feel like that just wins every European event. I know that's kind of been the meme, but it's also just the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll start with that list because like I mean, obviously the winner is where you start, and I know you, you while well, you prefer the other version of Mew more. Then uh, there was an, there was a, a, another copy of Mew in the top cut that was more of a DTE build, and then there was a Fusion Mew in ninth. So like th this was a, this was a big Mew event, and as expected in Europe. Um, what did you take away from either Mew winning or, or Mew kind of making something of a comeback? Yeah, I, guess? I mean, who am I if not a if not a Mew fan? Um, I mean, obviously, like it worked out for them. I still think it's just like play rate wise, Charizard is too big for you to play Mew, even though Charizard has fallen way out of like the winner's share of the metagame it still is a pretty highly played deck and that matchup is still just atrocious for fusion meal yeah so i mean it, it obviously worked out for them but like as far as a medical goes like i you know sometimes you win because you made a good medical sometimes you win because it's your day it was his day cool uh i would be scared to play fusion Mew. fusion Mew is good against the field outside of charizard though right so yeah and it's the better version of Mew into spirit tomb which we assumed that spirit tomb would probably see a little bit more play because you know, of how I don't really good... feel that it did. No, I don't Which think it did. Interesting I'm, too. I'm, I'm surprised because of how good Colorless Lugia was the lead prior. I know that's a continent away, but Spiritomb puts in a lot of work against Colorless Lugia as yeah, well. Yeah, so it's I figured good it would as well. So yeah, it, it seemed like it seemed like kind of a gimme that Mew had not that week, but the week prior had made kind of a resurgence, and then Colorless Lugia was the dominant deck. So I really did think we'd see a lot of Spiritombs, and it just didn't happen that way. Yeah. Um. Which, who's to say if that's, like, bad metagaming or if, like, it's just not necessary. It doesn't really fit well into a lot of the decks, you know? Um, I mean, to kind of jump off of Fusion Mew real quick, like, the second place Lost Zone list did play a Spiritomb, which is interesting. Yeah. It coming from a deck that traditionally doesn't bother with it, so. 
yeah, and then be, yeah, and I mean, obviously, like the the fusion energies put in work in the finals. I don't know if you've watched the stream yet. The matchup was uh something. Uh, I'll put it that. Watching mm-hmm. the lost this lost zone deck was different. Um, and like I said, I already touched on I played something like this at locals this week. I didn't have a ditto, so that's one of the cards that I didn't have. But the main focal point that makes this deck a little bit different than what you typically see with lost zone of late is it was playing for a cross switcher. And uh, like you said, the spirit to him. So like it was a little bit more of a, a focused or a, a, like a teched out version, I guess. And um, the top cut match really showed that off. Actually, every match that that Arthur played in top cut kind of showed off the weirdness of his list and how it was like able to take different avenues. So I'm kind of like I was actually surprised that it was not able to kind of find a way to pull it out against Mew. I understand that. I don't know. I, I, I we haven't tested Fusion Mew enough. I know that we've said before that we don't hate Lost Boxes matchup into Mew. How do you feel about something like this into a Fusion Mew deck? I think what a lot of this list is doing is just like by nature making itself a little bit clunkier, a little bit less consistent. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that stuff is kind of, I don't want to say directly coming at the expense of the Mew matchup, but the cards that you're putting in aren't helpful in the Mew matchup. Because, sure. you know, your your avenue for winning that game is mostly predicated on eating their Genesex. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, if they present Mellow at a, uh, like the Mellow one Mew and a Genesect or something, but mostly you're trying to kill them off the bench, really. And so, like, these cross switchers don't really do much in the matchup. You're not that excited to be playing them. Yeah. Um, canceling Clone, another card that's not doing any thing in this matchup really and you know making space for those cards always comes at the expense of other cards that may have been good in the matchup um I- i'm kind of used to i don't know if it's totally common at this point because we've seen a lot less like turbo lost box um but like there's no uh drapion in this list and i feel like that's pretty standard in those lists generally this cuts that for the spear tomb presumably to metagame for lugia but you know, that's significantly worse against Mew, so that's kind of a, another spot. I'm not surprised. In general, I do prefer Lost Box into Fusion Mew, um, into really Mew in general right now, but I'm not surprised that if a list was going to be able to win that match, or lose that matchup rather, that it would be this one, if that makes sense. Like, this feels like the Lost Box list that would lose to Mew. Yeah, I think it was kind of funny that he beat Lugia in top in top four and then lost to Mew. Whereas, like, so I guess like netting out a one on one record in those matchups is about what you'd expect. So, like, even before looking at the list. So, absolutely, I do want to shout out how good in both that matchup, Colorless Lugia, and the uh, the Charizard matchup, just how freaking good Cross Switcher with Raikou in your deck is. Yeah, because it is not easy in Lost Box to even if you play a boss to set up that boss play really. Um. But it's much easier with the cross switchers, and that that does do a lot of work in those matchups. Um, and again, the cross switchers are the main kind of innovation, for lack of a better word, in this list. Even though it's kind of funny that cross switcher is really like coming full circle from a card that was in very yeah. old lost box lists. Um, but man, is it wild to me to play that and not play uh, Pokestop? Yes, that was a change I immediately made because that, that was just confusing to me. And I, I get part of it is because like I've been playing so much Team Power on the ladder lately. And uh, so I've fallen in love with the Pokestop uh, cross switcher life. I just want to point out, by the way, how Shut little up. faith you have in me as a brewer in general. When other people do it, you're like, oh, yeah, no, this makes sense. It's good. When I shove it in decks all the time, you're like, you just like Pokestop. <laughs> uh, it's just good. It's just good and you're a weenie. To be fair, that was like six months ago, but I understand. Yeah, and it was good then. Uh, debatable. I know it's good now. <laughs> <laughs> he literally had Pokestop Chantal built on release. 
Yeah, no, now I'm now I'm just no, yes. Yeah, I, I, and now I'm it's cool. Seats. Now it's good. Oh, okay. What changed, Corey? We took the V's out. Anyway, no, I, I, I like I said, I do agree that right now you're not supposed to play them. But I promise, putting a palkyline in the list wasn't the problem. No, I know. Obviously, like I've been admitting that. Like I've I've admitted since I picked up Gene Pal like a month ago that I was wrong. I was wrong. It's fine. Speaking of which, we can transition to the Gene Pal. Well, we don't even really have to talk about it. Watching the games were fun. Um, the Gene Pal list is the exact same list that is, has has been around all format. It's like if you go on Limitless and click, like they'll tell you at the bottom who all has played this list, and it's like yeah, every, it's every yeah, it's it's both times that Grant Grant Shen has uh made it into the top sixteen. Uh, there's a Vance Kelly appearance. That's you know your world champion. Um, Owen here, like uh, and then another couple other people using the exact same sixty. It's like uh, there are probably some rooms for changing slight things, but this is the list. This, yeah, this is the list right now. There's very few changes you can make to this deck right now. Um, literally, from from my perspective, the only slot in the deck that I'm like it all kind of messing with is I don't think the Iono is very good. I think that they just had an extra slot and that's what they went with. Um, and I, if you wanted to fit anything else, I'm not sure you need all four Nest Balls either. But That's I like fair. the Nest Ball. The Iono is kind of the card that I'm like, eh, if, I, if there was something else I want to play, I'd put it in that spot. Uh, I just love playing Palkia, so I, I cut the Iono, and I believe it was a Nest Ball for a 1-1 Palkia line, just because they're sweet, but you definitely don't need them in your deck. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not opposed at all. I, I I don't mind it being a fifth supporter, and that's kind of like, whether that is an Iono or a or a pick whatever else yeah but... or like a one of boss or whatever yeah. other draw card you might want to play yeah no i i totally agree with you and that's not me crapping on the iono or playing a support or anything i just think that's like you do not need that iono you do not consistently get to use that iono in the late game you know obviously it is very attractive to have that option but like i think like the one iono in here is just like an aggressive hedge that doesn't work out a lot of the times like yeah yeah if i get behind it this iono's here we, we'll figure it out it'll be fine it's like, like you play for pokestop you're no, probably honestly, not going to get it. <laughs> for, the, for the most part, for me, whenever I've been playing it, it's like, oh, I bricked early game. Let me let me get out of this. Or like, I have yeah. So we, that's obviously not what it has to be for. But I understand where. I mean, like come. same same concept though. Like it's it's a one of. If I if I bricked, I probably would rather have like literally you anything know, else. Uh, there's just a lot of cards that you could pick. They're going to help you unbrick better yeah. than the the one I own. Oh. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, but I mean, it's also a fine use of that slot. I don't think you can go wrong. But the the core of this list, you know, Chan Pals, the the Baxcalibur configuration, Beberol, it's it's good. It really is, and like it's the kind of like it's not even just like Chan Pal that I've like, like you said, you, you like. There's a lot of cards in here that I just have typically not loved, and like the, now that I'm playing them all together, I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. Like, I, I joked about the Chan Pal, I joked about the Pokestop. I never really loved the canceling Cologne, but like, man. That combo is broken, obviously, and I don't know why. I just like maybe it was because I thought it was too convoluted, and you were never going to hit it. Obviously, Pokestop helps that, Corey. Um, but yeah, or like another card that I like every time. Like, and I think mostly just because I associate this card with Arceus, and I don't typically like playing Arceus. Bibarel's just good. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't typically like playing it because it's typically in an Arceus deck, and I think that that's poisoned me some. But the other card's just good, and like in here, it's like it's like you just feel so strong when you're doing it. So mm-hmm. yeah. This deck has the ability to to proactively dump your hand while you're playing because like you know you're digging for super energy retrieval, then you play it, and now you get to just attach all your energies. So now you can like continue to bib while you're like digging for the cross switcher play in a turn. So well, and the best you know, part is like for the most part, like obviously like you have, to an extent, right? You it doesn't really matter where you put your energies, like right because you're 
your team pal can discard them from anywhere. So realistically, if you have five in hand and you're just trying to like, or like even like three or whatever, and you have some on the board, you can you put them on the grenade and it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, as I'm long as you have that. enough on your champ pal to attack, you you're free to spread them around, and that way you can't be cut off of those energies for, by a boss or anything. But you still get to empty your hand out and dig. It's it's just very common for you to dump you know, four or five energies into play, they roll for three or four cards, and then focus up again for another couple cards, and, you know, that gets you far into your deck. It, it really does. It really does. Um, the rest of the top eight, like I said, we talked about the other, there was a, there, there was a DT Mew in here, and it was the Luxray Grabber stuff that I know that we've talked about before. Um, Fabian Pujol was the only person to make top eight with Guardi, which that's the, I don't know if, I don't know if Tord was in, in there or in the, at the event, but I think it's cool that this is the exact same 60 Fabian played at, uh, Barcelona where he got ninth. So he just running it back. There was a lot of consternation on the, on the broadcast when it was real that he was playing champions festival. Um, just because for whatever reason, like they just wanted to react like, Oh my God, what did like, Fabian's been a big proponent of this card before. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't think it's necessary, but I don't hate it. Um, then there, there's a uh, Lugia, couple of Lugia, as I mentioned before, that got into uh, the top four, which again looks pretty standard. Um, it doesn't play the Charizard, which the Radiant Charizard, which is which has been a little bit different from some lists, but otherwise it looks like a pretty. A pretty normal list. Uh, I, I, this obviously came down a little bit from where we were last week, where four made the top cut of a regional, but I still think the deck is pretty well positioned going into the rest of the format. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Kind of the two outliers, two comfy decks, but uh, not ones that, like, I mean, at this point, they're, like, whenever they make a top cut, it's not necessarily, like, stunning, but it's also a little bit surprising. The first is Giratina, um, your favorite. Uh, and, again, like, it, it looks like a pretty... I, like, I think what you really have to take from this is that uh, the, the hand disruption of Iono and Roxanne plus the four path is really good. And this is the Lost Zone deck that actually gets to take the most advantage of it. So to, that's what I take away from this, right? It's not even necessarily that I don't, I think it's a better Lost Zone deck because it's, it, to me, it's just not a better like Lost Zone deck than the other Lost Zone variants. It might be the best. Um, non, you could make an argument between this or Mew or Maridon uh, as the best. Path, path yeah, the best path disruption deck. I, I I still probably would favor Mew, but I like you're, yeah. I mean, I, I think Mew would make better than that. What yeah. I will say is, um, Giratina as an attacker is not terrible into Colorless Lugia. Um, yeah, it's not the best because uh, this list is not playing any damage modifiers, and so V Guard Energy does make you too thick uh, for like the the Lugia itself. But you know. There, there will be openings where you can get like four prizes milked out of Maradon by doing that and by using um whatever the V Star is at Star Requiem, yeah, um, which is obviously a very powerful line. Uh, but outside of that, like I, I do think that this deck is still like my, well, it's not my least favorite Lost Zone deck because the worst Lost Zone deck did top the tournament, but. Okay, you know. <laughs> we'll get to that. Let's actually, because like I actually want to talk about this deck in terms. Like, I said it on on Tuesday or on Wednesday, and you looked at me like I was batshit. And I think I'm actually going to double down on it. Um, Gudra made lo- made the top cut here, and while I think that's somewhat, uh, as Dave is alluding to, somewhat ridiculous, um, I think it's going to top cut again this weekend in Toronto. So. Yeah, I, 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 like, obviously we've made plenty of jokes because one of our friends, who I can say this, 
well, not because he will not listen to the pod. One of our friends really loves this deck, even though I don't think he even really knows why he loves the deck. I think he just likes calling it the Goo Zone. Oh, I can tell you why he loves the deck. Is that why? Yeah, look at that little drip on my boy's face. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, but I actually think that this deck was well-positioned coming into this if you thought that the, the hype on Colorless Lugia was real from the week prior. And while it was not to the same extent that it was in North America, I, I think that, like, that is, like, you're able to kind of, like, weave into other matchups I, like it's it, it, against like other lost box decks you don't even have to put the gudra down you can just be single prize lost box which is, is pretty reasonable i don't know i i like i said i, I think this is probably or like you said i think this is probably the worst lost zone deck but i don't think it's a bad deck and i think that depending on the meta itself like if you think colorless lugia is going to be like 15 percent of the room or 12 percent of the room and you're a comfy person i can understand why this would be the version of the of the comfy deck you would fall on yeah i definitely don't disagree with that specific argument um that being said like the colorless lugia decks do still play like a full complement of bosses and can just beat you up on your one prizers or you know um get your gudras while they're setting up because they can present enough damage to knock out a gudra v from your bench Mm -hmm. so yes if you get set up there are bonuses here but like if i'm playing the lost box deck strictly to benefit my Lugia matchup, I think I would rather be playing Tina with Quad Path. That's fair. Yeah, I could definitely see that. The I guess the argument you could make in favor of uh, of Guzone is that Gujra is a lot better in Lost Zone Mirrors mm-hmm. than uh, than Tina is, obviously. Um, but they also like don't get to play as much hand disruption for the mirrors yeah. the way that Tina does. I mean, I guess you you feasibly could, but it's tough. So I, I don't know. I don't have like a strong opinion either way on that. But uh, I I guess here's me saying it because this says a lot. I'd rather play Tina than Goo. That's surprising because you've never like not that you've ever loved Goo. I've liked Goo before. Yeah. And you've never liked Tina. So that's surprising to hear you say that. Interesting. But I just think I think Path is too good when you're mm-hmm. looking at Lugia. It's good against Fusion Mew sometimes. It's good against uh, Charizard. There's just so much of the room that I'm happy to be putting a Path in play against. Um, that I just don't feel bad playing the version of the deck that gets to play a bunch of Path of the Peak. I feel that. No, that's not that's not bad. I, that's that's definitely sound logic. So what you're really telling me, and obviously this is... I, I can't even help alluding to what we're going to talk about next week because of how excited I am for the new set, but uh, you're really excited for the Roaring Moon Lost Zone because you'll essentially just be Giratina without being Giratina. I'm excited for that too, Dave. I get it. Um, I don't... Yeah, sure, man. Whatever. I just, you know... Hey, we'll get there next week. We'll, I'll talk about my, my thoughts on the on the on the new set next week. But yeah. Um, anyway, so looking outside of the top eight, there's like some stuff that's still worth talking about. Uh, again, if you've been paying attention, you'll know that Charizard has been one of the most played decks, and again, not a top cut deck. Uh, it came in tenth, and then I think that I'm looking for the next highest placing one, and I'm I'm still scrolling. I, I didn't yeah, see one. The next highest is 49. So mm. um, okay, so top 64. Yeah, and then 54 and. That's that might be yeah that's radiance art so I think there's only three to, or four total four total in top sixty four um, yeah I think it's just been cemented this deck's not good like it's not good enough and I think that like like we talked about it earlier in the pod whenever whenever you were talking about playing it this week and as much as I wanted to push back a little that maybe it's a little too harsh uh, I think you're right I think it is just a tier three deck and there's other decks that are probably slightly below that um that i'm going to make you talk about in, in a second because they also made like day two appearances but it, uh, to me it's also just uninspired at this point it's it's the same list that we've seen that 
people just are not convinced that it's not good. And I, I, there's, you're not going to tell me that that's the way to play the deck. I also like, I don't know. I feel like the, um, the changes that could be made to the deck, like aren't getting made. I saw a pretty like consistent thoughts from people after, um, uh, why can I not remember what the, the U S regional was, but, uh, Uh, Peoria, Sacramento Sacramento, after Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, pretty consistent, like consensus on changes that should be made. And I didn't look at the 49th place list, but the the list that got ninth or tenth or whatever, tenth, yeah. yeah, just like chose not to make those changes, right? Like they're they're still playing Lost City instead of stadiums that provide you any sort of additional consistency. Um, they're not playing like any extra disruption. The the deck just like isn't getting. They're still playing Ente, which I would play because it's sweet, but I don't think it's correct. The deck's just not getting any better. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, for, for the record, the fourth place list, or the 49th place list, um, is Lost Zone. But um, when I say Lost Zone, it just plays Cram and Fort Chorus. It also plays Three Path. It also plays a Bibarel line and a Halucha. See, this is a cool deck. I don't. This is cool. I don't. This know. is just a different deck. We're yeah. we're just not talking about this because this is just not the same thing. No, I, I just this is a to different to get an idea and It's just like wow, that's a that man made a choice. Yeah, yeah, that is that is not what we were thinking of. Yeah, no, the, um, the same the same list that got tenth also got fifty fourth, like literally card for card. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and there's nothing like wrong with that list, and you know, I I really like the Ente. I think it's cool, but like you you need you need to set up in this deck. So playing these lost cities over like artisans or, um, you know, the Pokestop list existed for a little bit of this deck too. A- anything to make yourself a little more consistent. I, I think it's just necessary. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just don't have a lot to say about Charizard at this point. Like, like we covered the deck's not changing. It's just not getting better, but it's also just not good enough. So yeah, it's in that weird place where people somehow keep just jamming the list, even though it's not, yielding results but um moving on to something cooler how how weird is that real quick just to touch on that Mm -hmm. this version like at least from our point of view as people who are outside of any like big testing circles came out of nowhere in brazil of all places and people just accepted that it was the best way to play charizard and just ran with it um do you you think that's what happened because that's really how it feels the people just went "Yeah, yeah yeah this this is the good version and i'm not saying that there is a better version but it's just like we just kind of accepted this, and it sucked ever since it did well at a South American tournament that if we looked at the size of we would have discounted off the bat. Um, I think it is weird, but I also think it, 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 it's it, – like, I think that's simplifying it too much because if you also look at the people that are bringing it to the event, for the most part are not from those higher-end testing groups. Like, I know Zach Lesage played uh, the that version, I think, at Sacramento, uh, Sacramento, Sacramento or Peoria. I can't remember which one was after. I'm making the argument you think you are. No, no, no. But I mean, he's from a big testing group, is what I'm saying. Like, I, I, you know, I think my my feelings on him have been pretty established. But um, he's from like the the Shuffle Squad is a big group of people that regularly day twos, and he's yeah, part yeah, of that yeah. group. Um, so I like I, but like no one else, not no one else from those testing groups has brought the deck, and I think that's probably because even if they think there is a better version, it's not better than what they're bringing. So, um, I don't even know if they necessarily settled on it's the best. I think they've settled on Charizard's not good enough, and I think that's probably more of what it is. Yeah, but they kept playing that version. But like, who played that version? Like these these people, like these randoms that may have already had their like that's and I'm a random. That's so what I'm saying. Like something. you're you're saying like if you're going to use Lasage as these, I mean, you played it back to back events. Yeah, so, yes. No, I'm saying that I, I think that 
we probably would have seen more innovation if any of the other groups had picked it up. I think that that's part of why there's no innovation because a lot of these groups are just going, yeah, the deck sucks no matter what. Even if that is the way to play it, I'm not yeah, going to yeah, play yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. But um, we're on. The, I think we're on the same page. That there's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's probably some form to change there. And even if you're going to change, is it going to be like yeah, just is it going to like is it going to move beyond tier three? I don't think so. So who cares? I'm not going to invest the time. Yeah, my my issue is mostly just that some people, and yes, to your point, it's mostly mostly people whose names you haven't heard but at the first event at least it, it was a lot of people whose names you have heard yeah I, I at the very least i feel like for that specific event it was buying the hype um but you know we still just haven't seen any changes and i'm surprised if people are playing it that we haven't but yeah we're, we're on the same page it's just not worth it yeah um other other random decks that kind of peaked into to higher placements there's a boring, boring, stinky Arceus deck that got 21st. And by boring, boring, stinky, I mean uh, the 4 3 Arceus 2 2 Bibera 1 1, Duraludon 1 Mawile. I love the Radiant Alakazam. That's the only redeeming factor here. Um, I do think it's interesting that while, I, I guess it's pro- probably because you're only doing the 1 1 Dirt of Walugia, that it is also a 3 path. Just a weird, smelly deck that I don't really think we need to spend the time on, but it got 21st. So shouts to yeah. Matthew Clark. Just quickly, this is like the classic Arceus deck that someone does well with that event and will occasionally spike and win the tournament, but it's like, yeah, cool, whatever. You you showed up with Arceus and Boring Cards. Congrats, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's... Yep, you and me are on the same page. The deck I actually took away with, and I've played a few games on Ladder with this week, and I actually enjoyed it far more than I thought I would, uh, was the Banette deck. It, it's it, like they presented it initially as Banette Guardi, and that's because you played like a three-three-two Guardi line. You don't ever put the, you really don't put the Guardi X in play until you absolutely have to in the end game to actually like spike, like after you've like Sheriled or whatever, and all your energy mm-hmm. are gone. Um, but it's just item luck, and you're, you get to draw through your deck uh, against certain decks like Chin Pao or things like that that completely rely on their items to like exist. You just you can just like end the game immediately. Uh, and just like eat, like you can like really slow roll it by moving like you do thirty damage a turn, so moving it with uh, Radiant Alakazam to never really let them play. Yeah, um, very against... small chip. Eventually, you will have to kill things, but you get a long time. And against certain decks, the Shadow Rider plus Path Lock, yeah, because like you just you don't want to play. Like I played a, I played a game against uh, Rapid Strike on the ladder, and um, that was the longest game ever, but I won <laughs> because like you just. They, they can't play special energy and they can't play uh like they have no abilities so they're not like doing the 20 damage or anything like that and right. um you play three boss and you play the bonnet that lets you get back a supporter so uh you effectively have four boss you just eventually like even if they put like two energy like two water energy on something so that it can attack you're just never really letting them do anything uh, the deck's obnoxious but it was a lot of fun it was, like if you're the one playing it and you like item lock and control and stuff it was actually fun but uh, Mateus is actually I, I I forget. I know that he topped last year with uh, Vikavolt, so this might actually just be his thing. Yeah, like there's tops. He's top, like he topped. He got 47th at Worlds, so not top, but like he got 47th with Lost Box. He's done well with Lost Box and Palkia and all this stuff in the past. So he's definitely a decent player, and I, I liked the deck that he brought here. Yeah, I uh, guess we probably should let Colt know this exists, but you know. But then Colt, but Colt doesn't exist, so it's fine. Mm, interesting. That was what I, yeah, like, whenever you mentioned the Crobat the other day, I was like, well, Colt's not going to come to Locals, who cares? Um, well, eventually, I'm eventually I'm hoping to not be on Wednesdays anymore. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, to something else that makes me very happy, and, and is probably unimportant, um, there were two Snorlax decks in the yeah, top. Th- those are what I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. 
Flock Snow are like the 31st and 37th. I, I have to look at them next to each other because they don't like actually. Yeah, they're not identical. But they have to be close, right? Like. Yes, for sure, close. Yeah, so obviously Dave and I have have, have very much liked Block Snorlax, even if it is very unfun for your opponent. I don't care; that's not my problem. Uh, they they also play the both are playing the Pidgeotix, which I think is a really nice addition to the deck. Being able to search anything every turn is is just really good. Honestly, it just looks like these Pokemon might be just in a different order because they're the same Pokemon. So yeah, I was I was gonna say it kind of looks like this might be the exact same list, but they're not pulling it as the same list, which is very, very interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's just like no, a glitch that, because, well, hmm. because the cards are in a different order, but they look the same. No, because it's showing the deck's costs is different. Oh, interesting. Anyway, this is a way to like just... <laughs> yeah, um, I I don't know. This deck is cool and like it's funny like bailey who i my friend who i know also listens to this pod will get mad because he played against this online uh like a couple weeks ago just got he didn't know like he knew that i like control but he didn't know that this was the way it was being played and just was complaining about the deck and i was just like yeah man the deck's yeah, freaking sweet oh i found the difference and uh it's because one of the lists plays a battle vip pass and i don't know what the other one plays instead hmm. um but I'm yeah try to figure that out no, but uh, no, yeah, this is just Control, and I think Control is in an interesting place right now, and can low-key be getting better as we keep getting more cards. Like, I know that there was, like, back when you and I first fell in love with Control, it was because it was a critical mass of Control cards, and since then we've kind of been significantly lower in the amount of cool Control cards we have. But with things like Erica's Invitation, and um, now we're going to get, like, other, like, different Yeah, now it's time to start talking about the next set, I agree. With Counter Catcher, baby, let's go. That's what I was going to say, yeah. I think that we're getting enough tools that, like, control might be slowly creeping back up and this this deck also stole what i think is going to be come another common trend in the next set in that four arvin is going to be a thing yes charizard did it first but i'm going to give the credit to block snorlax because i like it more um so yeah i, I was going to shout out uh the net for using the arvin as its setup engine too but not playing four of them um but it still used that as part of its setup engine which i think is good i i think in general just in like rare candy strategies especially uh arvin is super sick yeah but uh which this is a old blocks from likes list played for Arvin though. So if, if you know if we're gonna be real control truthers, we we should give credit where it's due that blocks from likes has been playing quad Arvin for a while. Uh, I'm just gonna give credit where it's due no matter what. I, I remember when we when Arvin was in like when when Arvin first came out and uh, we were like we were talking like jokingly saying it was the best card in the set or like we, like get them now and there was people at locals like what are you talking about that card's not good. Just like I was like it might not be good right this moment, but that effect is clearly broken and. Uh, it's really coming around that hey that that affects good. It helps they keep printing really good tools. But yeah, um, well, I mean, I think the the obvious like comparison is is Irida clearly, yeah. and yeah. Uh, it it was so weird to me that people just agreed Irida was good. But it's like yeah, this one searches a a tool though. It's like yeah, it's worse. It's like okay, but like you know where it's not worse in decks that don't play water Pokemon. Yeah, you know where it's not worse when they print good it or uh, tools. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's really good is, uh, you know, anytime you can search for Seal Stone, but also... <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you you do have to get more utility out of it than that. I think that's my biggest problem with Charizard, yeah. just to work backwards a little bit. It's like, you're you're stuck with these four Arvins, mm-hmm. but outside of the Forest Seal turn, they're pretty bad. And well, On a positive, we're getting a metric, you know, craft, craft ton, ton of, of tools yeah. that are going to be Yeah, good. no, the, the TMs in the next set really, really buff up Arvin. Like, yeah. that didn't need help at this point, but... yeah. Um, anything, anything else jump out at you from the rest of this day two field or 
I mean, Maridon was mostly absent, but I don't think that's a bad reflection on Maridon. I think that's I think more it's a just, reflection of Europe. Yeah, yeah. That's for whatever reason. Like while the formats are the same, people there's like play style differences and things like that, and people just don't like Maridon was very underplayed for where it's been at most of this format. Um, nothing else truly jumps out at me as crazy. So we say mostly um, absent. Is there a single Maridon in day two? I don't think so. Yeah, no, there is. Uh, there's oh, there it is. I found it. I don't yeah, know if that's the only right one. There's yeah, there's, 55. There's right yeah. yeah. 59 but, or something. Yeah, there's three of them down here in top 64. Yeah, but that's wild that oh, it's... No, 65. So, anyway, it's not important. Yeah, no, I, I think that's just a metagame difference, um, mm-hmm. which, like, happens. So, no, we, we get to talk to something we're a little more equipped to do now and look at what will be played in a North American event instead. Mm-hmm. An event that we went to last year and wanted to go to this year, but, you know, it's unfortunate on Halloween weekend, so we're not. Um, Toronto, one of actually... It, like, it as much as the weather sucked while we were there and someone got a haircut i like that's still one of my favorite cities that i've been to for cards like i i, I really enjoyed that city I, I would go to that for an event every year if i could honestly um and i think yeah. that this i think the it's a shame because us not going at least on on my end had really less to do with it being halloween weekend and more to do with how far in advance we had to decide if we were or weren't doing anything halloween weekend if that makes sense just like yeah. pokemon's registration system and this is not the time to complain about it i guess but like man, does it blow needing to figure out that far in advance if you're going to something or not? Yeah, especially, like, for the early season ones, right? Like, we mm-hmm. we, we were let off a little bit early or better last year because it was in December, so we had, like, three months to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, like, the ones we're talking about now are, like, potentially in February and stuff, so we don't have to make those decisions yet. But this one, when it was in Halloween and registration was in the middle of September and so you had three weeks to figure it out, that mm-hmm. just wasn't feasible. So, right. Right. yeah, no, it's a bummer. Um but I think this event's going to be, like, it, it, it's weird, like, as much as we typically hate, like, the events that are going on the week of a pre-release, like, this one I actually still think is kind of interesting. Like, this 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 format has been, because it's so wide open, has been kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, like, I, I know you don't necessarily predict a winner or like that, or like, but I think that, I guess my, my better question is, what do you think the deck we're going to be talking about most on Monday is? Because, like, last week it was Lugia, and even if that hadn't won, it was going to be Lugia. Even though, like, that weird Gyarados deck, Gyarados Arceus topped the, like, got second place. Like, we were talking about how Lugia really was. Cool like, how well deck. Gyarados Arceus did this week, huh? Pretty impressive stuff for that deck. Oh, my God. Shading that poor guy. No, no, no. I'm, I'm shading the, wow, what a genius medical people. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Not that guy. That guy ran hot and played well. Total props to him. Shame on everyone who acted like it was more than that. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, do you think that there's anything that's going to kind of like stand out above the rest this coming week? Or do you think it's going to be, I mean, it's Canada and, and Canadians have won with Kyogre in, in two events already. Do you think we're just getting another Kyogre dub? Because I do. No shit. <laughs> yeah. The Kyogre's too cool, right? There's, how are you ever picking a deck that's not a Kyogre to win a tournament in this format? Just like straight I, up. I don't care that zero top cutted, whatever, Europe. Europe's yeah. fake. They top in America, baby, especially in Canada, the better America. That's hard to argue. <laughs> I, you know, I would actually make that argument. So there's, there we go. Yeah, they have um, poutine. Yep. <laughs> yes, they do. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So like, is that, other than like the the continued Kyogre dominance, like, do you think we're going to see Maridon come back? Do you think Muse still going to be there? Does Charizard finally break into the top cut in North America? Like, I think Charizard will see its lowest play rate of the season. Yeah. I guess not of the season because it was basically unplayed at the literal first event in Pittsburgh, but you know what I mean. 
Yeah, since it since it lowest play like... rate since Brazil, lowest play rate since the breakout. I think that its conversion rate will still be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think what we're gonna see is the the ripple effect of that, which is that Fusion Mew is a, a good play again in North America too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think like I think it's just a good week for Mew. I, I'm kind of thinking this could be a talk about Mew next week because I think both DT and Fusion Mew are well positioned right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, I still think Kyogre is the best deck in the format, and that's still the deck that I think will win the tournament. But I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about a, a three Mew top cut. Big Mew guy. Go figure. No, obviously, I, I think that I agree. I mean, I just think, I think Mew is well positioned against, you know, pretty much the, like, almost the entire field. Fusion right. Mew into Colorless Lugia has always been, like, a close matchup for, for both players. Um, DT Mew has the ability to just path and and the game, like with the addition of Luxray and Grabber, especially to just lock out Lugia and not let them ever play the game. Yeah. So, like, you know, if we expect a lot of Lugia, there's an immediate problem right there. Um, I think that both variants have game against Chan Pao, though obviously that's kind of like a who sets up quickly situation because Chan Pao can just bomb your Muse. Yeah. But, you know, the Meloetta obviously sways that one. And again, like, Chan Pao deceptively has a hard time dealing with path and hand disruption. No, it does uh, for sure. The version with four Pokestops obviously has a better way of dealing with that because like, yeah, it's a lot easier to get out of it if they go judge and you can go bib roll to look for Pokestop and the Pokestop not only clears the path but gets you more cards, but it still can be very difficult. That can be a really hard thing for Champ out to beat. And then I mean, you know, Gardevoir in, in North America is worse than Gardevoir in Europe, so... <laughs> We're, we're kind of left with Lost Box, which I think we still both agree is the best deck, but we, we just saw Mew beat it in uh, in Europe, too, so it's it's not unheard of. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, yeah. It's, what about I, you? I, I do think Mew's very well positioned. Like like we said, I, th- I think I would still probably pick Kyogre to win. Um, But I, like if you told me there was three versions of Lost Box, or like three, three comfy decks and three Mew decks in the top cut, along with like a Lugia and uh, I guess Maridon or a Gardevoir. I was just going to say, so where's that leave us on Maridon? Because um, that's the deck we haven't really talked about. We didn't have an opening to talk about it from Europe. And, you know, I picked it to win an event this format. Yeah. I, I thought it was good, the whole format. But, you know, I'm, I'm not picking it to win. We've covered that because there's a number of reasons, but it's just too bad against Lost Box. It's too and... bad against Lost Box, yeah. And, like, is it good into Mew? I don't think so. I think, I think Fusion Mew kind of, like, kicks it in the teeth. Um, I have really surprisingly not played that matchup on either side ever. Yeah. Um, like very little. I mean, I, they're very similar decks. Like yeah. Mew is obviously better at being like the fast aggressive deck. Maradon does have a little bit more disruption in it than Fusion Mew. But it also like they're never um, one shotting a VMAX and and you can well yeah that. but you are you are one shotting all of the genesex that you gust throughout the game that's true so you have to like you become but, just like half the boss every turn right so what you you have to kind of get like early initiative you have to set up early and just start bossing every turn so we're looking at that kind of setup but so now we're talking about a, a game state that a good new player can play around by not giving you three genesex yeah yeah so i mean it's it's probably you favored you know and yeah. then um it's it is probably Murad on favorite against DT Mew, I guess, but I don't see how it would be for uh Murad on versus Fusion Mew. Yeah, so that's what makes like if it's 
close to unfavored against Mew, and then like it's good in Delugia, but it's awful in the Lost Box. I like it's just. I'm not going to be surprised if it wins the event or gets top cut or whatever. No, because it's done it. it all I'll of never the... be surprised, but I wouldn't pick it. So the the interesting thing to think about here is the story of Sacramento um, has been talked about as being the Lugia dominance, but Lugia converted extremely well in day two, but like Lost Box conversion from day one into day two was the story of the tournament, right? Yeah. Like we're we're looking at the results instead of how we got there. And we, we got to an all Lugia top cut because 27% of day two was lost box. Yeah. That's it, yes. not counting Giratina either. I'm sure. No, no, it wasn't that separate. So, so a, a third of the day two field, at least a third, depending on how they break down the, the other, you know, Gudra, Charizard, lost zone, whatever decks, at least a third of day two was lost zone, which is the, the best matchup for colorless Lugia. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is, is that the kind of lost zone numbers we're going to see here as well? And then, you know, where do we go from there? Because even though we just covered that uh, you can beat Lost Box, like we do think Lost Box is favored in the matchup. Yeah, and then I think that's why we both said we think that Lost Box Kyogre is, is good. the the deck to yeah. win the format or the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, and like, like, like a deck I didn't even mention that I think. Well, like I, I wanted, I was initially going to pick it to win, and then I didn't even pick it to make top cut. So that shows you how kind of weird this format is. Is I think Team Pal is ex- exceptionally like well positioned for this weekend because like it has game into Lugia. It, it, like it's not an amazing, but like it has game into it. It's it, like the Lost Box match can absolutely be like that's one of the reasons why you build the deck the way you build it is because you're able to just kind of like yeah, you have your you have the keys to the streets there, so to speak. Yeah, so I don't know, like and. I, I just think that the deck is is well positioned in this format. It, it hurts that Charizard's gone down a little bit in play rate because like that matchup is like actually free. But I don't know. I yes, you're describing a tier one or two deck in this format. Congratulations. I get it, but like it was free. Like, I mean, it, it, not actually 15, though, because that's like the problem. Fifteen percent so. of the yeah. room is still yeah, something yeah, yeah. you want. That was one of the benefits of Team Power over the last couple of weeks is that people still kept bringing the deck, and anytime you saw them flip over a Charmander, you were just like, you were like, oh, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. see you next round. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I think my, my real issue with Chan Pao is that, like, yes, you have the tools, or maybe this isn't the issue, but this is what we always said about Chan Pao the whole time. It's like, you have the tools to beat everything, but it doesn't feel like, even with these builds, and it's funny how often, um, to just like a quick caveat here, how often the secret is uh, to just like totally streamline your deck. Because mm-hmm. that's that's really where we got to. It's like, yeah, do we need this? It's like, no, you don't need that angle. No, you don't need like this type of consistency card. You, you just need, you know, maxed out on ball search. You need maxed out on focus stops. You need maxed out in multiple colognes. No, we, we don't need this kind of this extra, you know, angle or whatever. And it just yeah. turned out that like the completely generic version of the deck, if you looked at it, and just you know, that's that's kind of the most boring way you could do that was the way to play the deck. I think like that's something just going forward everyone needs to remember when you're deck building because like the deck has a game everywhere so let's quit making it even cuter yeah yeah I agree. Um, but having said that it's like the the same problem that was present when people were trying to find the right build and streamline the deck is still there mm-hmm. the deck's not the most consistent you can beat everything your ceiling is really high but there's nothing left to improve in the list and i think that there's ways you can improve a lot of the other decks still mm-hmm. so not that I don't think Champao's not like I think Champao is still good. I think it's still totally reasonable to play, but I think we've kind of seen its ceiling already. And uh, maybe this is a bold prediction, but I'm going to say like zero in top eight. But I wouldn't be surprised to see even multiple copies in like top sixteen, top thirty-two. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I, that's, I think that's where I end up is with as well. So that's, I think actually the top that I said earlier is actually what I'm going to go with, where I think it's going to be probably a Kyogre, a Turbo, and I, I'm going to stick with my Gudra prediction. Just to, You're sticking with the Goo? That was going to be my question. Yeah, I think I will. I'm like, I could be wrong, but I just think that, like, I think that, like, we're going to see on day one that we're going to see about, like, 12 to 15 percent for both lost box and like it seems like pretty regularly in this format the top two the top two play rate decks in day one are like between 12 and 15 percent i think that's mm-hmm. going to be lost box and i think it's going to be lugia and i think that that bodes very well for gudra into both of those decks so um that's kind of where i end up with that and then like i said two probably two mu so what i said three lost zone two mu um a guardian ride on and I don't know. Like, uh, that's like, yeah. You're going to tell me that there's three lost box in top cut. I, I can't not think that Lugia's topping then. That makes that sense. There's enough of the day two field that Lugia's getting there. That's, I think, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll stick with my, like, it's going to be a big new week and say like three Mew, probably like three Mew. And one of them will be DT at least. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure the exact breakdown between that. Obviously, I'm not sure of any of it. Their guesses, the hell am I saying? But I, I think at least one DT Mew and three total Mews, we figure it out from there. Yeah. Um, two Lost Box decks. I'm going to say two Lugia. And then um, I'll take Maradon is the other deck that tops just because it seems to top every North American event, even though I am not thrilled with its like standing and position. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, it's... I don't think it's a bad deck by any stretch. It's just kind of awkward, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I think that about does it. So next week we will be back to talk about those results and uh more importantly end up probably talking for like two hours about <laughs> i was gonna say i mean i assume it'll be like a, a real quick touch on the event because it doesn't matter anymore but you know we'll no. we'll talk about how the format closes down and give props to whoever won the uh fun final event of the format yeah and uh then we can look at all the dope stuff coming up because paradox rift is a banger yeah yeah that's that's the big takeaway from this is that uh our podcast episode next week is gonna be awesome because this set is (laughs) um but yeah so that'll do it for this week so we'll catch you next week on ancient wisdom thanks y'all